Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I wanted to bring on a guest and continue talking about Alani and some of the fun things you can do there, and maybe we'll hedge into Disney a little more and Disney World. Uh, I'd like to welcome my guest, Shannon. Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's a, it's a pleasure. I, you know, I haven't had a guest on my show in a while now, so it's kind of nice to kind of get back in the Disney spirit again. You know, things have been sort of awkward and odd for the last couple of years, so it's nice to kind of feel it again and start getting that emotion going about Disney. Yeah. So you recently took a trip to Olani. And I uh, wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what the resort is and, you know, kind of how it works and any, maybe a couple of tips about uh, about going out there for anyone who might be interested. Yeah, I would love to do that. So I went to Alani with my husband and my nine-year-old, and it was something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Cool. We are, of course, Disney fans, and my in-laws live in Florida, so we've had a lot of opportunities to go to the parks there but we'd never been to Alani. And our 10th anniversary was coming, so we felt that it was a good time to go. So I looked into it. I looked into some advice that people have given online, and Alani seemed like a really good fit. So we actually booked it through uh, DVC Points, like oh, Points. Interesting. Okay. Which, yeah. yeah, which worked out really well. We, we started out that we... We're looking just to just book a hotel room, and then somebody told me about how you can purchase DVC points so or rent them. So we did that, and that was great because we got you know a really nice room for the three of us. It was beautiful. We had a great view. There was a nice balcony, oh. and we had an amazing view of the ocean. I can imagine. Uh, and we stayed there. Yeah, we stayed there for. Seven, but we were there in the resort for seven full days. Wow. And we had two travel days. So it was like nine days, but it was seven full days that we were actually there. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it was. It was really, it was a perfect length of time. I actually, reflecting back, I mean, we, I had been to Hawaii like years and years ago when I was in high school with my parents, and my husband had never been. And so we wanted to see some of the islands. And so we spent some, we kind of alternated back and forth between being at the resort and being off the resort. But when we reflected back, like if we went back, we definitely felt like you could spend an entire seven days just at the resort. Oh, that's cool. So it was, yeah, it was that fun. <laughs> now, and there was a lot to do. Yeah, and I was going to ask, you know, I, I, Hawaii's always been on my bucket list. Um, just, oh, it's always been a matter of cost and distance. Living in Florida, it's, you know, about the farthest you can go, I guess, and still be in the U.S. Um, so it's always yeah. been about, you know, that, that sort of thing, getting there. So it's, it's been on my bucket list. And 
the, the pictures and everything, it's just sort of beautiful. And, you know, you kind of think back in history to seeing all these TV shows where they made, made it look idyllic in the 70s and 80s and, you know, all these things yeah. where it's just fun. And now, you know, you see all these different things and you go, wow, I'd really like to visit there. So I'm kind of jealous in a way. Um, it's one of those places I'd always like, always wanted to go. And, and Olani, adding the Disney th- touches to it, it's got to be kind of amazing too. Um, I would... It is. I mean, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was that we felt like we were 100% enjoying Hawaii and the Hawaiian culture and immersed in that. And we were right there on a lagoon, on the beautiful, you know, ocean there. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we had a little bit of Disney kind of in the background. So I'd say that Alani nice. is a lot more relaxed and quiet than like being in Disney World in the park, but you still have a lot of Disney touches that make it really special, that would make it better than like staying at, I think, a different resort there. Okay. So things like, like well, of course the cast members were amazing. Of course. As they always are. <laughs> yes. I mean, they were just amazing. I had so many positive experiences with cast members there. And I actually want to get, okay if I give a shout out to one. Absolutely. Cast member in particular. So one cast member in particular, his name's Todd, was there. And he was working, like, in the pool area. And, we at, like, every time we needed someone, it was like we turned around and Todd was there. And Todd... <laughs> not only helped us like where we needed to go and what we needed to do but he would actually escort us places and get things for us and he was just amazing and so we had interacted with him several times and um then after a few days of interacting with him and him helping us he came out and gave us a special alani print that was like an art piece of the resort for us to take home which we brought home and framed. And it was just such a nice gesture and oh, nice. such a great memorabilia for us. So that was really fun. Yeah, and I, and I just got to say, you know, props to you, um, you know, I think to him, because it, it's such a great thing. You know, when, when cast members go above and beyond, it's it's so cool. And I remember, you know, I'm going to give you that, I'm going to give him the secret high five, the secret uh, cast member <laughs> high five. Um, you know, I'm doing it virtually, of course, but, you know, it's just one of those things. It, it, there's there's something about being a cast member when you, can, when you can be memorable for someone's vacation, even if they don't remember your name. If they remember you as a person helping them, it's awesome. It's just one of those, you know, it's a great feeling. So on that side of it, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he was thrilled to, to be helping in that way. Because I still remember some of the guests that I helped, you know, 25 years ago. And just, wow. you know, just the way it went, went down because they were so nice and you wanted to help them so much and you do things for them. And it was just great. So, you know, uh, virtual high five for that. That's that's cool. Yes. I'm glad that worked out. Yes. So, and those are the kind of things that I think make Disney special that I really appreciate about Disney as opposed to a different resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other Disney touches that we really enjoyed about Alani is that they had they had character meet and greets. Okay. But the character meet and greets were very subtle and. Um, quieter than like when you're in the park. Okay. So and I loved that because I my daughter loves to meet the characters and I do too. Um, sure. But when you're in the parks, you know a lot of times it's really hard to get close to the characters or to um, get an appointment to see them or get into a restaurant to see them. Mm-hmm. But at Alani, they would have a schedule every day of when the characters were going to be out to greet people and where they were going to be and you would go to that spot and it was usually a spot that was quieter like not near the pool like on another side of the resort and 
and there would just be a small crowd and then the characters would interact personally with each person and the cast members would take photos for you if you wanted to buy photos like on the photo pass yep. but then they also would take your cell phone or camera and take photos for you too oh that's cool which I thought, <laughs> yeah i thought that was a really nice gesture too so you didn't have to buy photos um and just the way that they did it it was very uh it was it was just a lot more calm and I felt like a little more personal than in the parks because we just felt like we had such individual time with the characters. And that was, they were behind some, you know, because they still had some COVID restrictions when we were there. Yep. So we didn't have to wear masks outside, but which is where they would meet and greet people. Okay. But they were behind like a, I don't know, like a little fence kind of, it wasn't really a fence, but. A know, way to keep them separated a little, a little bit. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> yep. a little thing. Um, so they didn't actually touch or hug you, Okay. But they were close and interacted with you, so they would, like, blow kisses and say oh, cool. things, um, you know, mind things and everything. So that was, that was really fun, too. Yeah, and so we actually saw 11 characters oh, wow. were there. In the seven days, that's pretty good, considering it's not, yeah. that's not the point of the, the resort. That's pretty cool. Right, um, right. Yeah. So that was really fun. And they did have a character breakfast, which was modified a little bit for COVID, but that was still really nice. And really fun. Like they had modified the um, the character breakfast and the luau dinner, which used to be buffets, but now they serve everything like in courses. Uh, okay. But I I felt like it was. I mean, they gave us so much food, and there were so many <laughs> courses that I don't think anybody really would be disappointed, honestly. And the food was really good. Now, that makes all the so difference. That, what was that? That makes all the difference there when that when it works like that. Yeah. So that was another nice Disney touch. And then they another thing that we did that the cast members uh, provided was we booked a 20-minute photo session on the beach. Oh, I heard and you could it, do that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, and we did that because, I mean, I think, I was like, anybody could do it. I would recommend it to anyone. But we did it especially because it was our 10th anniversary. Right. Commemorate that. And so a cast member met us down on the beach and took photos of us, like, in the water. I mean, she said to us, <laughs> we told her it was our anniversary, and she said, do you mind getting wet? And we were like, I guess not. You know, <laughs> we were thinking, like, oh, we'll, like, get our feet wet or whatever. And she ended up, like, having us, like, full out, like, in the water, splashing each other, um, sitting in the waves, you know. But our pictures came out amazing. So we just kind of trusted what she said. That's and awesome. And they came out so good. I, I love that. Again, another high five to a cast member, right? Because they did something that was so unexpected. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, she was really great as well, which I don't remember her name. I don't, I don't have see, her, and I can't remember her name right and now. That, and that's what I, you know, that's the thing. You may not remember it, but you remember her, and you'll remember that experience. And that, you know, to me, that's worth it, That right there. Um, yes. So not only did we have these amazing pictures, but we also had so much fun taking the pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had dinner reservations, and then we were, you know, we had been in the water, so we had to call the, the uh, restaurant and tell them we were running late so that we could go change. <laughs> That's pretty funny, but I like that. I mean, you know, it just makes yeah. it makes the whole thing so much more memorable. It's a much more personal experience in a way, um, because it's yours. It was. You know, you didn't just it roll was. from one thing to another. You had an experience, and that's cool. Definitely. You know, and Definitely. I was... When you were talking about the characters, I was reminded of um, after 9-11, there was, um, there was something they were doing where they were bringing the characters around to the hotels to meet guests. 
um, before the park opened. They'd come at like 7.30 in the morning. There'd be a, a caravan of characters. It'd be like six or eight characters that would come to the hotel and they would meet guests in the lobby. And it was really, really cool and very intimate and very different than meeting them in the parks. And it was like, yeah. it, it was one of those experiences and my, my kids loved it. It was so much fun because it was so different. And we never had an experience like that ever again. It was, you know, it lasted for a couple of months and then they went back to regular meet and greets in the parks and it was like, huh, <laughs> how did we get that exactly. lucky? <laughs> No, I agree. I mean, we've we've always enjoyed our character meet and greets, but mm-hmm. the ones at Olani just seemed more personal and just less hectic. Yep. I think because yep. it was not, and it wasn't in the middle of a day where we were kind of like running from attraction to attraction. Right, either, right, right. So that probably also helped. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that I mean that was something we really loved about Olani though that we felt like we had. We were, we were at Disney, so to speak, right? but in a way that was a different experience than we'd ever had before because it was so relaxed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because that's, yeah. that's the thing about, you know, when you go to the parks, it always feels like it's a little little hectic because you're trying to get from one place to another. And now with, you know, the whole Genie Plus and even with Fast Passes, it was the same kind of thing where you were always trying to get somewhere. And it felt like there was right. always a schedule to stick to. And it, it just felt a little rushed sometimes or still feels a little yeah. rushed. So that's nice to and hear that. I, Another thing that I think is cool is that I know that you like a lot of like Disney history and little facts, but and I didn't fact check this, but I did hear from a cast member when we were there that the artist who who created and planned Animal Kingdom yep. also had a hand in planning Olani, hmm. and in particular the like uh, all the the pool area, which is. Filled with like what looks like big rocks and structure, like natural okay. structure, um, which is really beautiful and amazing how they've done it. And he, the artist, which I don't know what his name is, but um, he embedded pictures of animals into all the rocks, kind of like the Tree of Life. Oh, that's at cool. Animal Kingdom. Okay, but they're they're kind of disguised. So you don't really notice them. Like, we hadn't even noticed them. And then one of the cast members said, did you notice the animals are in the pool area that are in the in the rocks? And we said, no. And he Wait, said, what? Well, you need to go look for them. And so then we started looking, and we found all these different, like, sea creatures. So that was really neat. So I took a whole bunch of pictures of them, like whales and turtles. And they're, they're, once you see them, you, you know, it's really obvious. But if you don't look for them, they kind of just blend in. That's cool. I love I love yeah. those subtle things like that where you know there's a there's an attention to detail that is there and is so immersive but it's it's subtle enough where it's not like in your face. It's just part of the theming and when you really pay attention to it it's much more much more immersive than you ever thought or ever imagined. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really it was really neat. I mean, you know, uh, kind of I don't know, accent. And then another thing uh, that was like that is that they have manahunis which are like a Hawaiian, kind of like a Hawaiian leprechaun. Okay. These men, they're called Manahuni. Okay. And they're supposed to be mischievous and kind of like a leprechaun. And they have them hidden all around the resort, too. Ah. So that's really fun trying to find the little Manahunis, or sometimes you'd stumble upon one that would be like behind a bush or up at, there's one that's in cool. the elevator that was like up on the ceiling. And so as we were walking around, like, different places, we would say, or my daughter would 
notice, look, there's a Metahuni, and they're just kind of all over. That's all cool. Over the store. So that was another fun little detail that that's, they that they incorporated. That's fun, and I and I just looked it up, and sure enough, Joe Rohde did design um, Animal Kingdom, and also um, did a lot of the designs at, at Alani. So no no uh, tail, tall tale there. That's actually what okay. happened. There you go. So Spot on, baby. I know sometimes they're tall tales, but this one was true. <laughs> okay, that's good. I, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me because they do, it, you can see his style, you know, and mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, because I can imagine, you know, seeing some of the pictures, it sure looked like it had that same sort of thematic to it, you know, because he's got a unique style. Each of the Imagineers yeah. has something they do that's unique, and if you really pay attention, you can kind of pick out who belongs to what. It's kind of right. It's it's you have to really be paying attention, but Joe Rody's kind of obvious in a way because it's Animal Kingdom and it's you know Alani. But um, that's right. cool. That's good to know. I, I hadn't I had never thought about that before, but that's really cool. Yeah, it was really, it was it was a really a high point for us when we were running around finding all those animals. Um, oh, nice. Another thing that we loved about the pool area is that they have a snorkel pool that you can snorkel in and see fish. And I love that personally because I get really nervous snorkeling. I've tried snorkeling in the ocean. Okay. And I feel uncomfortable in the ocean snorkeling. So for anybody who does not feel comfortable snorkeling in the open water, this is perfect. Because you go into the pool and you snorkel and there are fish everywhere that you can see. And they even use you, they even have times that you can feed the fish if you want from oh. the edge. But I did go in the water in the lagoon. And even just being in the water, I saw some fish just swimming around us. And the water's very clear. So it would be probably a good place to snorkel. Oh, I would think, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> the, the way they set these things up, I remember when they used to have the shark encounter over at uh, Typhoon Lagoon. It was really cool because you could actually swim among the sharks, you snorkel among them. But they weren't really right. there with you. They were sort of there with you. It was it was very clever the way they had it set up, and it was so much fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can. That's what this was like. And the other thing that was really neat about it is that they had viewing windows. So if you weren't snorkeling with okay. other members of your party or family, you could watch them snorkeling. That's cool. From the viewing window, and you can see like underwater, and you could take pictures too. Nice. Them. So that was also a neat aspect for that. Oh, that's pretty neat. So if your daughter was snorkeling, you got to see her. I don't know if she did, but that's still pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She had a great time. I would imagine she did. cold in the water. That's the only negative. Okay. They have to keep cold for the fish. Yep. But <laughs> sure. it's a little colder than all the other pools. <laughs> but other than that, it was really fun. But, you know, it's worth it, you know, for a little little while in the pool, a little dip to swim with fish. That's kind of cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty neat. I mean, it sounds like sounds like such a fun fun experience to you know to just be able to be there and kind of experience it and be you know enjoy it and really take in the Hawaiian culture I guess I guess it's true what they say that they've kind of merged the Hawaiian culture into the sort of the the atmosphere they've got there um that's what I've always heard that is 100% true I felt very much like we were in Hawaii and that was being celebrated and everybody was respected another thing that I noticed was at the resort, they had Hawaiian art everywhere. Okay. I, mean, I, I had, I even took some pictures of it because it was really amazing, a lot of the art. It was just throughout the entire hotel, Hawaiian art. And just the, the architecture, too, was very open air. I mean, when you walk into the lobby, it just opens up to the, the whole pool area and the ocean. So when you walk in, Neat. you look 
straight through to see the ocean straight in front of you. Ah, uh, that's so really cool. It's, yeah, it's very, you feel almost like, you know, almost like, I would say like in Animal Kingdom or very similar to that feel, or at the um, Animal Kingdom Resort, where they really try to connect with the natural environment, Alani definitely achieved that. That's cool, because uh, that's one of those amazing things when they're able to do that and make it really work. Again, it's about that immersiveness. It's telling the story in a way, you know, and letting you, letting you experience it without, like, putting it in your face, but making it part of what you see, right? It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a difficult thing for most people to do, for most companies to do, especially when they're trying to, you know, when they have profit at the, at the, at the end of it. But it's really neat that they're able to do that and get that, uh, yeah. that experience. Definitely. That's and cool. the way that Alani's set up, it's on this little lagoon that is man-made. So it's, there is the natural ocean, and then there are these man-made lagoons. There are like three or four of them. Okay. And Alani's on mm. one of them. So another nice thing is that in most of Hawaii, and as we drove around the island, we saw it, there were very large waves everywhere. Okay. Because, I mean, and that's good for surfers. But, sure. Um, and so there's, and there are also a lot of rocks and things like that. But at Alani, they created this little lagoon so that the waves kind of crash on some rocks that are before the lagoon. And then you're, when you're in the lagoon, it's very calm. Ah. So it's a great place like for small children or sure. if you don't want to be in big waves or you don't want to worry about like currents and things like that. So we really like that about it too. And the sand is nice. So they did a really nice job with that, but that's without cool. making it look like it looked natural, yep, it still looked like Hawaii. It was beautiful and very natural looking. That's, that's very cool. Hey, I, have, I have to ask you too. Did, so, do they have a kids club or things for your daughter to do while while you were there? They do. Right. And then they had events that you paid for because you had to pay for supplies or whatever. Um, and then they had just like meet and greets. So, so all of that is on the schedule every day. And if they some of the things that you could look like in advance, but we noticed that the character meet and greets in particular didn't usually come up until like the morning. Okay. Um, so usually every morning if we were going to be at the resort, we would look at the schedule for the day and then plan what we were doing. But some of the other things, like they, they made like mouse ears, for example, that was when you could book in advance that they had like kind of further out if you wanted to. Okay. So they, they did things like making, you know, Mickey or Minnie ears and uh, they had stories like at the pool where somebody would come out and tell like Hawaiian stories. My daughter really enjoyed that one. That's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that again connected to the Hawaiian culture. And they had, um, one of the things that, another thing my daughter did that we kind of all did together was that they had uh, this Menakuni trail scavenger hunt. Okay. Where you would give, you would have this, they gave her like an iPad. And the iPad would give her, she would have like clues of different places that we would need to go on the scavenger hunt to like get the next clue and solve this mystery and so it, they would give her a clue and then she would go to that spot and then 
and then when she went to that spot, it would give her some kind of direction, and if she did what it was asking her to do, then something would actually happen at that spot. Uh-huh. So, like, for example, there was one spot she went to where it was talking about the, and it was all Hawaiian-based, so it was talking about, like, Hawaiian sea turtles and how Neat. they lay their eggs and then the babies go into the ocean. And so when we went to the spot um, where we found the spot on the scavenger hunt and then she like pressed the button on the iPad. Mm-hmm. It, there was like a little, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of like a little water area. And when she pressed it, all of a sudden, all these little baby turtles came up in the water area and swam away. Oh, cool. So it, yeah. So it, so it triggered different neat things to happen. Okay. There was another one that was like in a little, um, koi pond. And a the islands of Hawaii rose out of the pond, oh. and that was really neat too. So it, neat. it made all these different things happen around the whole area, of, so, like the pool area. Interactive and using technology and all the cool things that go with that—that's neat. Yeah, and it took about an hour. So okay. That was fun. Great way to And there were time. other things too. There were lots of activities for kids. They did a movie night when we were there. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, but I can't think of anything else really. Oh, you know what? They had um, ukulele lessons and hula lessons. How fun. Those were other things that they did. So everything was kind of Hawaiian-themed. Oh, that's very cool. I mean, it sounds like such a great time. You know, just everything just feeling like, you know, it just kind of works, right? It all works out. You know, you have some vacations you go to and you got you come away from it and you go, yeah, that was great, but... And some that just work out and it just seems like everything came together. And it just it sounds like you had a great time. Okay, right. I would highly recommend to anybody who went there because, again, it was very much done with respect to the Hawaiian tradition and just, it was just like a tiny bit of Disney in it where a couple of characters came out at one point and did the the hula and they were dressed in Hawaiian attire. So most of it was just what you would see, I think, at any luau telling a story you know, it was a very engaging story. And the way that they did it, we were all sitting outside and they had an outdoor stage, but then they also had performers who were in the audience as well, like oh. where you're eating. Gotcha. So, so wherever you were, you had people performing around you. You were headed around you. Really yeah. nice. That, that kind of reminds me of the uh, the Spirit of Aloha show they, that they now used to do at the Polynesian Resort. Um, similar in that sense. Um uh, and uh, now they've discontinued that show. They're going to build a DVZ, DVC property on that on that spot. So um, no more show oh, there. I never saw that show. And it's it was pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but it was not, it was a nice representation of sort of the Polynesian sort of sense. And they had a luau. It wasn't exactly like you'd get in Hawaii, but it was sort of you know sort of similar. It captured the spirit of it, um, which was kind of nice. And you know you could see it, and it was sort of it, it sort of had this fun aspect to it, where you were out there and you felt like you were you were engaged in this in this sort of luau. And they did the you know fire dancing and hula dancing and all kinds of other things to make it kind of interactive and you know just just fun. And um, yeah, I guess you know now the only way you're going to be able to see something like it, like that in a Disney sense is to go to Walani. So that's yeah. <laughs> and actually, I can make another shout out to a cast member for the luau because okay. we had our server who was serving us, her name was Grace, and she went above and beyond because my husband does not like coconut, 
And in, in Hawaii, like, everything has to be Yep. Or pineapple. <laughs> right. So Little problem there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, they were serving, you know, drinks with coconut and food with coconut. And she went and got him specifically a drink that did not have coconut and food that did not have coconut in it oh, cool. for him. And she, he didn't even ask. He just mentioned, like, we were just chatting with her and mentioned that coconut and everything and that's why you don't want to drink the drink um oh, and funny. she just went and got him like his own serving of you know a, a different drink and different food that didn't have coconut and we just thought that was just we really appreciated that's, that it was just you know one of those things that was just above and beyond i i love that you know when they when somebody goes above and beyond and just really takes it to heart and you know takes it's it's not really about the job. It's about you know having having the experience, and they make it special, right? The the cast right. members who do that. So yeah, I I love that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I always try to give that shout out to cast members where I can because that's you know that's the whole point. It's like that's what makes the magic is the cast members. It's not about it is about other stuff, but that's what really makes the difference. Otherwise, you're just absolutely. You know, you're an they attraction. They make you, you know? feel good. You know, yes. they make you feel special and happy, and it's just it's. There's nothing like that. No, no, there really isn't. And it's and that's why I always I always kid about the secret uh, handshake because you know once you once you've joined that fraternity in a way, you it always stays with you because you understand what it's like to do that every day, right? And do that for people and be a part of it. And there are days when you're having your worst day and you just put a smile on and you go out there and you just you make it the best anyway. And because you, somebody else is going to remember it for whatever reason, right. they're going to remember you. Right. And, exactly. You know. And I'm a t- I'm a teacher, so I I. I can relate to that that feeling of, you know, helping kids and, sure. and trying to help people have a good day even when you might not be. And so <laughs> I know how it can be hard sometimes. So I always really appreciate it when yeah, you know, and I, I'm one of those people. I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of geeky that way. I'll go up and walk up and talk to a talk to a cast member and just start chatting with them and you know reminding them why the, you know what it is that makes it makes their job special. Just because you know that's part of how you keep the legacy alive, right? You just kind of help yeah. them out a little bit, you know. Especially if you if it looks like they're may, maybe not having the best day, you just want to kind of help them get there. So right. yeah, it's kind of right. neat. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's always kind of exciting. But that is so cool. It sounds like such a fun place to yeah. go. Another tip that I would say is that there is an amazing sunset at Oban. Okay. And especially if you go out, there's the way that it's set up, there's a lagoon, and around the lagoon are walkways. And so you can go walk, which we love to this too. There are walkways, and there are other hotels kind of along the water, but not in a way that's like Waikiki Beach. That's like you feel like it's overpopulated. You don't feel yep. that way at all. But so there, you have to kind of walk down the walkway to see the other hotels. It's on the other side. They're kind of hidden, each one of them. But if you go down to the walkway that's by the lagoon, and you walk out the edge of like the rocks and the water there, the sunset is amazing. Beautiful. So I would highly recommend that people do that as well. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading something about the sunsets there that they're supposed to be spectacular. So that's yeah. uh, that's a great tip. Yeah, and um, I had another one that I had too. That was something. That was a tip from that I hadn't mentioned yet. Mm. Well, when we were there, um, one of the restaurants, um, Ama, was closed because I think it was due to staffing that they hadn't restaffed enough due to COVID. Okay. But however, if it had 
would definitely recommend that for a view. Okay. Because that, because that one wasn't open, that one's like right on the ocean. It's really beautiful. Actually, we saw a wedding happening, which was really fun, right in front of it. It was really pretty. And of course, my nine-year-old said, now I know where I'm going to get married. So, <laughs> no! <laughs> um, she was like, I want to get married in Hawaii. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, but that was fun, too, to see that. amazing view but we wanted to have a view like that for our actual anniversary so since we couldn't go to that one we went to one that's technically at the four seasons hotel which is next door right however they're like where people eat outside is right where alani is so if you're on the walkway of alani like if you're facing the ocean and it's on the right Mina's fish house is right there on the beach, right oh. next to a lawn. Okay. So we made a reservation there, and they were great, and the food was really good. So I do recommend that, even though it's not technically on a lawn ground. It's right next to one you can just walk right there yeah that was one of those things that i got got out of the whole discussion um that i had previously that you know there's another resort that's right there but it's like it's it's there but it's not there but it's close enough you can walk to it and use some of the amenities and so forth but it's it's kind of that's kind of neat actually it kind of adds to it a little more um yeah yeah it was so fun because we we literally had our feet in the sand and we're sitting at a fire table and we're stepping up you know, outside. So it's, it's a cool restaurant. That's a that's a decent tenth anniversary dinner, I would think. You know, <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's very cool. I mean, it just sounds like so much fun, and, and I appreciate all the tips you've given us, and you know, things things you've suggested. And it sounds like you had so much fun, so it's it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, I just thought of one more. Oh, thing. sure, sure. Um, for people who are fans of the Bippity Boppity Boutique, which we were, my daughter and had had herself done at the Bippity Boppity Boutique as a princess but a few years ago when we were in Disney World. They have a Bippity Boppity Boutique. They don't call it that, but it's like that at Olani. So they do makeovers, but they do it Hawaiian style. So they do like a makeover, like an, a big thing. They called it a luau makeover for her, where she selected like a Hawaiian dress and they did her hair in a Hawaiian braids and then put um, flowers in her hair oh. and did her makeup and she loved that so anybody who enjoys that would love that as well I that's know. very cool so we did that yeah. on the day that we did the luau and then she went to the luau you know oh luau right in the right store. in the right garb yeah exactly all dressed up and, and some place to go <laughs> exactly and although we didn't utilize it they do have a spa there we didn't utilize it because we had my daughter with us and it's sure. really for adults only um, but I've heard really good things about it yep yeah, I have too. That that would be really cool to see. But you know, you 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 seems like you made the most of everything you had in that sense. So that was still we really good. Did. It was really fun. That's that's cool. And you still had some time for your tenth anniversary, so that's not a bad thing. It's all you know, <laughs> it all kind of works out. <laughs> nah, that's cool. So I had a I had a question for you. It's unrelated to Alani, and it's just a question I like to ask everybody who comes on as a guest. Um, I know you're a Disney fan, and you like Disney World, and perhaps you've been to Disneyland too. Um, what is your favorite attraction? It's a tough question, I know. Okay, that's a, that's a tough question. It's, All right, I have not been to Disneyland. Okay. So will, that is on my list of things to do, and actually my husband and I are thinking of going next year. So okay. To California and making that trip. But my favorite attraction, that is so tough because 
I know it's like picking your favorite child. I know, I get it. But I always like to ask because it just, you know, it gives a little perspective, make you think a little well, bit. I can, I'll give like a couple sure. from different aspects of like what, I don't know. There's like the nostalgic part of me loved It's a Small World. Sure. I know people either like love or hate that ride pretty much. But I love it. Like it's one of those ones that if I'm at the Magic Kingdom, I have to go at least once. Fair enough. Yep. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that that's more, that's a nostalgia thing though, because I remember it from when I was so little on my first trip to Disney when I was five years old. Nice. Um, so that. Uh, I also, when our one of our more recent ones was uh, the Flight of Passage at Pandora. Mm-hmm. I really loved that one. It was just so immersive, and I felt like, you know, I, I actually, like, screamed and laughed and, like, went through a series of emotions on that ride <laughs> because it just felt so real. Uh, and I, I think I wasn't really expecting to feel as real as it, as it was. So that one was, like, in terms of, like, a thrill ride, probably my favorite. Cool. Okay. Um, and then I'm trying to think of other things. Okay, this is another one that I love, which probably isn't usually, I think it's underrated. But the, the, um, I think it's, it's, uh, Cinderella, Cinderella or the Prince's Carousel? Yeah, it's the Prince's Carousel now, but yeah. It's Prince Charming's Uh, Regal Carousel now. Yep. I (laughs) I really enjoy that as well. I really just think it's, I like all the details and. Again, I think it's like the I I think I have like a nostalgic attachment to that one. Sure, but, sure. Uh, so those are some that just come to the top of my head. That's that cool. I really enjoy. Yeah. And we're actually planning a trip to Hollywood Studios. Okay. Right now for April, and I have not been to Hollywood Studios since it was MGM. Okay, so, so it's been a while. It'll All right. Be completely different. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, it is. <laughs> like I remember, like the. Indiana Jones show from when yep. I was younger as being like a favorite of mine there and I've, I've heard that it's back so that will be one that I definitely want to hit Oh, definitely. You know, it, I, I remember when it first opened. I remember going to it. It was really cool. I got I got to be in the audience participant in one show and I thought it was really neat and uh, I, went, I went many times after that and then didn't go for a long time and I went recently like a couple of years ago and I sat there in the audience and I went, this is fun, but, you know, it just, it lacked a little something. It was still the same oh, show. Really? It still the same show, and it was still yeah. fun, but it, I just had that moment where I was like, I'm just looking for something more. I don't know what it is, but. Right. <laughs> and also, like, I don't know if you can it's an attraction, but I just love, like, all the performances that happen that are kind of, like, in the street yep. or, um, on, like, on where Cinderella's castle is at the Magic Kingdom, how they do performances right in front of that on that little stage. Yep. Or sometimes, like, when we were at Animal Kingdom, we found one just kind of, like, or it seemed like it was just kind of impromptu. It probably wasn't impromptu, but it seemed that way, like, in the street. Yes. And I love that kind of stuff, too, even though it's not an actual att- attraction. I feel like that's what I love about Disney more than, like, another yeah that's fair because that that's exactly you know what makes it is sort of that immersiveness you feel like you're there and everything just kind of happens around you and it's not it's not like you're just walking from one attraction to another there's stuff to do in between and whether that's you know because of the this that streetmosphere or whether that's because of other things that are happening or just going in and out of some of the shops it's really pretty cool to to experience it that way um i'm with you there uh and just just having some of the surprises around every corner i one of my favorite things 
This is the most trivial thing. I, I love going to the Animal Kingdom and going, just walking around and seeing some street performance that just randomly happens. I know it's on a schedule, but it feels like it's random, just like you said. It feels exactly. like it feels like it's random and you know it's like wow there's a bunch of dancers there there's you know somebody playing the drums or there's something happening and it just makes it kind of exciting and you you know if you don't look at the schedule it feels completely like out of the blue and <laughs> yeah and that's exactly what happened to us when we were at animal kingdom we were walking around and then we just saw people dancing mm-hmm. in the middle of the street and we ended up like dancing with them my daughter went and danced with the characters <laughs> and we took a little video of her and it ended up being a highlight of our day yeah, I, I have a I have a recollection of my mom, you know, like ten or twelve years ago, standing there and starting to dance with some of the, some of the people. It was just so funny. She got so caught up in it, she started dancing. And my mom doesn't do that, so it was just right. <laughs> it was I just great. That. It was so awesome. You know, it's it's a great yeah. memory of you know having having some fun times. And my kids still talk about it. They're like, remember when Grandma went? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's really cool. It's it's really amazing. Oh, I just love it. I can't wait to yeah. get back myself. You know, one of these days I'll actually make it back there. It's just, it's a matter of time, you know, <laughs> everything that's going on. I know. It get, does take a lot of planning now. And that's the thing that's, that's, I used to love being able to, you know, just decide I'm going to take the day off work and I'm going to drive up there. And I would do that. And I could just, on a whim, just do it. And right. uh, now it's a little harder to do that. You have to do a little bit of planning to be able to make that happen. So. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, we've noticed that even just in the past, nine years that my daughter's been alive when we first took her to Disney she was about two and when we first took her I remember going and we said you know what we're not going to make any plans we're not even going to book fast pass before we get there Mm -hmm. we just went with her and we said you know because she was only two so we thought we'll just go with what she wants to do and see you know when she gets tired and to see the characters and just let her just kind of take it in. Yep. And we and just had a day like that. And it was one of our best memories mm-hmm. of Disney. And now I feel like, I don't know if that would be possible. Like, I feel like you wouldn't be able to get into any restaurants. You wouldn't. <laughs> you might not get any attractions. I don't know. Hollywood Studios. I mean, I started planning it. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit last minute in terms of Disney, but it was probably like 45 days out. So I missed that 60 day, you know, window to book restaurants and everything was booked up. So it like morning, noon and night, you know, like the whole, I mean, I couldn't get us in anywhere. And so, you know, now you definitely, I think need to plan or you don't really need to, but it's, it's harder to just go and plan. Yes. And that's exactly it. I mean, I can remember doing things on the spur of the moment, just walking up to some restaurant, and going, "Hey, do you have a do you have a seat available?" And they often would, um, if you were willing to wait a little bit or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, and now it's kind of like, no, <laughs> sorry, make a reservation. Right. right. Yeah, because that day that we went with her when she was two to the Magic Kingdom, I remember we went to Crystal Palace, and we had to wait a little bit, like maybe 20, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. but then we got it, yeah. even though we didn't have a reservation. And I don't know if you could do that anymore. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of know. weird. But that's the way it is. You know, that's how times change, and they may change again. That's that's what the great part about it. You just don't know. It could be different again tomorrow or next year. I, you know, right. I don't know. Right. But that's what makes it neat. Well, Shannon, I appreciate you taking some time and telling us about Alani and uh, kind of shooting the breeze a little bit about Disney. It's always nice to get my fix that way, um, you know, just to kind of catch up a little bit on things that are going on. I know sometimes I talk about things and, you know, maybe there's some things happening around the parks that aren't as much fun, but it's great to talk about the fun things and, you know, kind of think about it in a very positive way. So thanks for bringing me back to reality on that. Oh, you're welcome. It was so fun. 
me on the show. I really love your show, and so it's an honor for me to be able to be a guest, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart (laughs) of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. For my One Little Spark segment today, I wanted to talk about One Little Spark. I wanted to kind of bring a little context to what I'm doing. I know I do this periodically where I kind of remind you why I do this. And I I just think it's important to kind of remember this as we go through it. I don't know how many people go back and listen to previous podcasts and think about some of the things that I've said in the past. The point here is to just enlighten, maybe entertain, educate a little, and bring to the forefront something in that space where we have a little need for a little social interaction. The word social justice has been kind of applied and misapplied along the way, and I understand it has sort of a connotation to it. And while I think about social justice in the context of this podcast, in this segment, it's not exactly what I'm going for. It's sort of this idea of how do we interact socially. And some of you have, have, have had some great feedback for me and told me you really like what I'm doing here. And thank you for giving me that feedback. I appreciate it. And you get what I'm trying to do here while others of you have had very strong opinions on the other side, saying, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting my time? This is a Disney podcast. We should be doing something else. You know, focus on the things that are happy instead of all this other stuff. I've heard people say, hey, let's leave that to the news media. Don't talk about those things. You know, talk about the happiest place on earth. And it's interesting because when you think about the happiest place on earth, it's a cross-section of society. You look at all the people that work there, all the people that go there, well, maybe not so much because of the price anymore, but in general, the people that go there, the people that are there to have a good time. And they're a cross-section of society. So it, it cuts through everything. All of this social well-being kind of cuts through everything. So I'm going to continue to do this and talk about things that I think are important in the social space. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's worthwhile spending a few minutes on it on every podcast. And you may disagree with me, but I hope you just stop and think about things. And I would like to clarify one finer point here. I know sometimes I talk about issues in the social space that relate to blacks, African-Americans. And my intent is really just to give you some perspective of what history looked like for the people who had been enslaved and were freed and had other things that became part of systemic racism. And the intent is not to shame white people in any way. That's not it at all. I just want to provide some understanding of what happens in society and how we can be better as a society and some of the things that we could do, all of us, every one of us. And it's interesting too, because one of the things that I've learned in my own history, I have a a very Irish sounding last name. I look very white, but most people don't know that I'm partially Hispanic. And then until I did my DNA test, I didn't know that I have other things in me too. So oddly, it turns out that I'm Irish in name only. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of me that's Irish, but my family history is much more complicated than that. I come from many more places. My family history is <laughs> very rich and you know, it's, it's really interesting. But more interesting than that is understanding the history of my family dynamic. I found out that one of my grandmothers had been lying to me for years about my history, about my ancestry. So the really interesting thing that came out of this was not about the DNA. That was interesting, don't get me wrong. But what I wanted to know was why I didn't know about some of this family history. And it turns out that when I started doing my genealogical research and and talking to my parents and other people and relatives and things and finding 
historical articles written in the newspaper about things that happened in my family history, I learned a lot more about my grandmother. And my grandmother lived until I was in my 40s. So it's really intriguing to me that she kept these stories up for so long and had made up all of these tales and different things. I just find the whole thing fascinating and it really does come to the heart of really understanding our own history, right? And embracing it. And I think in embracing my own history, I started to think about what everyone, what we all have out there, what our shared common themes are. You may do your DNA research and find something out about yourself that surprises you. You may do a genealogical research or do a little historical digging into your family and find some little intriguing nugget that just makes you rethink the world a little bit and think about sort of your own family dynamic and how you fit into the whole social space. You may find that you aren't what you think you are exactly. And that's kind of the interesting thing. We're all people. Learning this about my family does not change anything about me and who I am, but it does help me to have more awareness of what's happening in the world. And that's just my intriguing thought. And it just kind of hit me that I, I could kind of tie this in and just tell you a little story there. Now, another thing you might want to consider as you think about sort of this, this idea of justice, social justice and social implications, words are often applied. And we use those words, certain images come to mind. And what I'd like you to do is understand those words. They're just words. And we've applied something to them. So we hear the word terrorist, or we hear the word hoodlum, or we hear the word patriot, or we hear the, hear the word victim. And those words conjure up an image in our minds of something. What that something is, is up to each individual. But I'd like you to stop and think about the fact that we have all these preconceived notions about things that are out there. And as you think about your own history and how you fit into it, remember that we're all just people. We're all interesting. We've all got these interesting stories and we're all, we've all got histories and we've all got things we like, don't like, want, don't want. But the one thing, if you're listening to this podcast that I'm pretty sure you do like, that we have in common, is this love of Disney. I'm pretty sure that we all have that. And that makes us all connected in a way. It's a common ground that we can find that allows us to connect with each other. And I'd like to remind you that we should connect with each other, that that's part of what we should be doing as society, finding ways to connect with each other and be good people, be good citizens, be kind to one another. And that's it. That is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. 
Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company.